Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I hope everything is going well for you. It's a beautiful day here in Michigan. So, uh, again, I appreciate the fact that you that you dialed in this morning to watch, uh, or you're going to be checking this out later on some of our social media platforms. So, thanks for being a part of the the just the whole thing that we're trying to do here. At Tough questions for God. So. Thanks again, and I just want to thank you for being here. We're going to continue on a journey uh, in the book of Galatians today. And part of the reason that we're going to do that is I want to make sure that a few aspects of this book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, I want to make sure that we understand exactly why he chose to write this book at the particular time that he did. Now, the overall idea of the book of Galatians is that Paul saw that in the church, the early church that was that had developed there in Galatia and, and it was practicing and so forth, he saw some problems in it that actually led to heresies in the things that they were teaching and preaching. Uh, they were heresies that were being interjected into the gospel that Jesus called the disciples to go out into the world and to preach. Now, heresy is, is when established Christian doctrine, you know, the truth of what Scripture tells us, uh, when it's challenged or when it's being replaced by something that's, you know, a belief or it's an opinion or whatever the case might be. These are the things that the Galatian church was dealing with. And they were they were really dividing the church. They were they had people going in every different which way and what they believed and what they didn't believe, and it's just noise and confusion. So Paul writes to straighten this issue out. Now let me give you some examples of some of the heresies that they had to deal with back then, as well as today. One of the common things that they dealt with, and we still hear today, is that Jesus was simply a good man. You know, which is true, Jesus was a good man, but he also was God incarnate. You know, Jesus was God in in human form, in, in the form of a human being. Fully human, but also fully God. And this, this heresy that Jesus was simply just another good human being was one that took the divinity away from God being present here in the world. And it really kind of meant that people didn't have to look at Jesus as being, you know, anything other than a human man who did a lot of good things. Uh, whereas the, the, the aspect of Jesus's ministry was that he was also God and that he had the authority here on the earth to forgive sins and stuff like that. Another heresy that they dealt with and that we still do today is that the Bible doesn't necessarily have to be taken literally. You know, you understand Scripture based on your own experiences, or you understand it on your sense because of your sense of reasoning, and you know that formulates what various scriptures and passages and stories what they actually mean to you. Well, that's disputed in Scripture, and Jesus affirmed, you know, the teachings of the Old Testament, and Scripture tells us that it is God inspired. And that it was given to us through prophets and human beings that God chose and that God's spirit, you know, kind of infused them with what to say and what to write. 
So that was one of the other heresies that they had to deal with was that, you know, Scripture wasn't the holy and the perfect word of God. Well, that was just another one of those heresies that was being introduced into the Church of Galatia. There was another one that's mostly prevalent today, and that is that, you know, good people will go to heaven. There's a lot of truth in that. But the question becomes, what what is a good person? Scripture tells us that uh, all have fallen short of the glory of God and that all of humankind is in a depraved and a, and a drastic state of, uh, of sin where we need redemption. You know, the scriptures tell us that it is Jesus that came into the world and who took our place to provide that redemption that we need because we couldn't do it on our own. Another uh, heresy is that in the end, you know, God's just, a loving God is going to just take everybody to heaven. Well, I don't know where it tells us that in Scripture, but if anybody out there can find it, please uh, email me and let me know. Because that's not the message that Jesus preached. You know, you look at Jesus, God coming into the world in human form and growing up and then living a perfect life and spending three, three and a half years telling the world about God's plan of salvation and then actually going through it. You know, if everybody was going to end up being, you know, brought into the kingdom of heaven just because a loving God would do that, well, then Jesus didn't really need to come then, did he? Another one is that uh, in the end, you know, everybody will be saved. And again, that is in, that's total opposition to the things that Jesus taught. And that the scriptures have taught to us through the writings of the disciples, as well as the prophets of the Old Testament. You know, Jesus um, said, or Paul, I'm sorry, wrote to the early church. He said, you know, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel that is contrary to the one that you received, let him be cursed. He was saying that if anybody is disputing the truth of what God has established as truth in Scripture, then that person is really going down a very slippery slope. And that person will be, you know, dealt with by God. And there was a group of people back then uh, that were known as Judaizers in the early days of the church, especially there in Galatia. Now, the Judaizers were Jews that, that came to believe in who Jesus was, believe that Jesus was the Messiah and that his sacrifice on the cross, you know, paid for the redemption of humankind. But these Judaizers were also teaching the Gentile Christians in the church or the non-Jewish people in the early church that if you want to be a true follower of Jesus, then what you have to do is first become Jewish and then you can go ahead and become a believer in Jesus. So you have to learn about the Torah. You got to follow all the Jewish traditions and laws. You got to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, No. Jesus says, If you, I've lived the life that God says through the Old Testament that you would have to live in order to be redeemed on your own. He said, I've been there, but I also have lived and sacrificed myself in your place so that all you need to do is not just believe in me, but have faith in me. 
Remember, friends, there's a huge difference between believing in something and having faith in something. You know, I can believe that Jesus lived and that he walked the earth, but to have faith and trust in his sacrifice on my behalf, that's a completely different issue altogether. And they wrestled with that back though in those early days, especially as people were teaching that, you know, if you want to be a Christian, you got to be a Jew first. And that's not the case at all. I want to show you a short video clip. It comes out of a movie called To End All Wars. And for those of you that are watching this online, I'll put a link down at the bottom where you can watch this on YouTube. But it kind of shows you a little idea of what it means or what it meant for Jesus to take the punishment that we deserved upon himself. Watch now, I'll spare you all the graphic details, but you can kind of see why this was so difficult for the Jews back then, uh, living under Old Testament law. It was so difficult for them to understand that somebody else could actually permanently take responsibility for our sins and then permanently pay the price for those sins. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us. It was a difficult concept for them to appreciate and for them to understand. It was kind of like in the Old Testament. Remember how sometimes the religious leaders would take a scapegoat and they would put their hands on his head and they would pray and offer the sins of the nation onto this particular animal and then send it off into the woods to be, you know, basically it would be eaten by other animals and die. Uh, and God allowed that to take place in the Old Testament as a, as a temporary covering for the sins of the people. But Jesus comes in and he says, nah, I can do this as a perfect human being, also being God, and I can do this on a permanent basis. So all you got to do is not just believe in me, but also have faith in my sacrifice on your behalf. That's, that was the difficult part that they were dealing with in the church back then. Um, there's another verse that I want to show you, and let me pull it up here for you. And it says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be released or revealed. Once again, this is saying that, you know, under the law that nobody could keep, but people were somewhat oppressed because they couldn't ever satisfy the demands for the sin of people uh, before a holy and a perfect God. It just could never be done on a permanent basis. And then it continues. This is Paul writing to the Galatians. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. That's the bottom line, friends, is it's not just believing that Jesus walked the earth and that Jesus was here. It's actually having faith in the sacrifice that Jesus offered on our behalf. Faith that, that we no longer have to worry about that sin of our life because Jesus paid for it. We have been redeemed. We have been restored before God if we only have faith in who he is and what he's done on our behalf. So I want to leave that thought with you today, and I want to encourage you to, to just mull it over throughout the week. What it means, you know, to have trust and faith in the sacrifice of God on our behalf, as opposed to simply just believing that it took place. So thanks, and God bless, and bring somebody with you next week, 
and I'll see you then. Happy Father's Day. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.